0: back. We've been very busy. We love the holidays at Hunter. The elves showed up. We're excited to be back on TikToks. What better way to get back than to have our old buddy Chip Rogers come to explain to us everything that's going on in Washington and how it's going to impact us. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Happy holidays. All right, Chip Rogers, thank you for coming back on. Uh, I'm probably having you on too much, but there's a lot going on these days so uh i thought i'd have you back on and let's talk
1: i mean you got to educate us fill us in where, where are you today you look like you're on the road i am i'm in uh what is normally southern, sunny southern california uh, a little cloudy uh right now but uh but yeah i'm in california last stop before i head home for thanksgiving yeah you're doing the Ah and la road shows right spreading the good word we are we've been across the country um like you've been traveling a lot uh had a couple of events uh as you know in new york recently Uh, But yeah, this AHLA on the road series uh, came to an end yesterday here in in, uh, Newport Beach. Uh, But we've got 11 of these scheduled for next year. So we're going to hit it hard.
0: Uh, Good for you. And I don't know, maybe it's apropos, I'll say it's Thanksgiving. So uh, happy Thanksgiving. I am thankful for Chip Rogers and (laughs) AHLA and all you're doing for the industry. Bit of a suck up, but I'm going to throw that in there.
1: Well, look, uh, there's so many people in this industry that responded in ways that are almost heroic. Uh, to help get us through this. We're not out of the woods yet, but uh, things are looking a lot brighter.
0: All right, let's dive in. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should ask what's happening with h la but I'll start in Washington. And maybe I'm two weeks old and it's boring old news now. But what's happened with infrastructure? How's that crazy big bill going to help us in the hotel industry?
1: So infrastructure was interesting because normally, as you know, Teague, we would be the first ones out there championing anything to help our infrastructure because we need better roads. We need better airports. We need better everything. Uh, And this bill does some of that, so we congratulate the President and and the the Democrats on getting this passed. because a lot of presidents have tried to do this and have not been able to do this. Unfortunately, one of the pay-fors in this bill was an elimination of the employee retention tax credit, uh, which had been extremely helpful to hoteliers who could gain access to it. Now, not all, all hoteliers could gain access to it, but those who did, it was really financially beneficial. And so that goes away, and so we, because of that, we couldn't fully support the package. Uh, but we're glad that we're going to finally see some investment in infrastructure. It is sorely of needed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so too. But
0: it's hard to figure out if I'm not smart enough to figure out if we're for these things or against these things or, or what. Um, but I'm hopeful that there's some stuff in there that's going to help the hotel industry.
1: Well, take a look at, and I know you probably recently went through LaGuardia Airport. Yeah, Uh, the impact of rebuilding LaGuardia has been amazing. Um, And, you know, given the fact that so many people come to the United States internationally through New York, and I know most go through JFK, but some come through LaGuardia. um, It's nice to have a LaGuardia airport that is representative of our country. Uh, We need a lot more airports looking like that. Is that part of the bill? Is that going to happen? Are we going to see a lot more airports improvement, improve the travel? It is focused on airports. It's focused on highways and bridges. Um, There's money in there for broadband, which is which is extremely helpful in our industry as so many people work remotely from hotels. So, you know, there's a lot in there that's good. Again, the pay for is we question a little bit, but overall, uh, a solid effort and we're glad that it passed. Uh, So talk to me about the
0: political landscape. What what else is age in L.A. behind? What should we be expecting coming down the pipe? What should we keep our eye out for?
1: So, boy, the next few weeks are going to be extremely difficult for the Democrats who control, of course, as you know, both houses of of Congress and the White House. Um, They have put themselves in a very tough position. Um, You know, we look at the infrastructure bill that actually had Republican support. It was a bipartisan bill. And just how tough it was to get that across the finish line. And now think about what they're facing over the next few weeks. They'll be out for a week for Thanksgiving. And then when they come back, they've got to fund the government by December the 3rd or we have a government shutdown. And right now they're not getting any Republican support on, on doing that. The second part of that coming up on December the 15th now, Janet Yellen just yesterday um, moved the date on this, but January or December 15th, we've got this the, the debt limit and the country will, will uh, go into default if we don't raise the debt limit by December the 15th. So you've got those two items that need to happen in the next few weeks. And then you layer on top of that, the effort on reconciliation, um, which they're trying to get done by the end of the year and they've got this incredibly difficult balance with the progressive left in the House really against Joe Manchin and, to a lesser extent, Kirsten Sinema in the Senate. And they're trying to, trying to balance that out. And I just don't know how they're going to get there. But they've been able to do this before. We'll see. But, boy, the next few weeks are going to be extremely tough.
0: Well, let's talk about inflation. I mean, and just in our industry, everything goes up, right, from, from, from the value of your property Right. In theory, it goes up because it costs more to build another one. But oh, by the way, your labor costs go up and all your supply costs go up and everything goes up. The joy of we're in the hotel industry, you can raise rates. I mean, the lesson I know about inflation is don't hold cash, don't hold assets.
1: You're right about that. Um, if you're holding cash right now, you're, you're hurting because inflation is just a tax on cash. And so, you know, what we're looking at here is a combination you know, and I think you and I talked about it last time I was on the show, the amount of money that the federal government is spending and flooding the market with is one thing. But then when you layer on top of that, all of the supply chain issues that cause the cost of goods to go up, um, we're probably looking at an inflation period that's going to last well into next year. And politically, that is extremely damaging for the president and his party. Um, But for our industry, you know, there's the good and bad that goes with it, as you indicated, ADRs will probably go up if you're holding assets that hoteliers hold. Um, those are going to go up. So that's the good side of it. But again, labor, um, the cost of goods and services, the ability to even get those goods and services right now is, is really difficult. So, you know, it's, it's not a, a pure win here. If inflation hits our industry, um, there are some challenges that go along with it.
0: Yeah, we can see that. All right, let's talk some positives, though. Let's talk our travel industry. I mean, the good news is November 8th, they just opened up international travel. So that should help. What do you guys see
1: in there? Yeah, absolutely should help. And the best thing about it, T, is it helps those markets that need the help the most. When you look at the markets that have fallen behind during the entire pandemic, it has been New York, Washington, D.C., San Francisco. They've been near the bottom all along. In fact, San Francisco is still really struggling. Um, This is certainly going to help We hope that this can be maintained. I mean, if you see some of the things that are happening in Northern Europe right now, some more lockdowns that are happening with another wave over there, um, you get a little bit concerned. But boy, the science is there. We can test people. We can test them rapidly coming into the U.S. So we know we can do this safely. And let's hope we don't retreat from this because having international travel open again, people coming into the U.S., pent-up travel demand, a lot of money to be spent. That's only going to help our industry.
0: You mentioned lockdowns. Talk to me about that. I mean, I kind of thought we were done with
1: lockdowns, but yeah, you never know. I mean, that's the problem here domestically is that sometimes you, you get one city or one mayor who wants to top another mayor and seem to be maybe even more progressive or more more concerned about people's health. And and that just creates an environment where um, travelers don't know what to do. And And we've seen that throughout the pandemic and you've seen it even affecting locally. I mean, Florida has been booming because they've had a, you know, a fairly light touch when it comes to regulation and other places have been struggling. San Francisco that I mentioned a moment ago. And so we don't you know, we, we need to have some consistency here in the U.S. But even internationally, you know, having these shutdowns, I mean, China seems to go into a shutdown and then an open up almost every other week. That's just not good for international travel. It's not good for business. That's for
0: sure. Yeah. I, you know, the positive news. I saw you in New York a few weeks ago. Uh, it felt great. It felt like New York
1: again. The, the city was busy. And, you know, interestingly enough, we were there at a time um, right when the borders opened up when I was in Times Square and met some travelers from the UK who had been wanting to come to the U S and they had just arrived uh, the day we opened up the borders. So that was really neat to see. And we need a lot more of that. Yeah. Uh, everywhere.
0: Yeah. Let it keep trickling down. All right. Let's, I mean, if I'm on New York um, you mentioned, I know you, but talk to me about some of these good grief, crazy, onerous regulations. <laughs> uh, specifically New York, but other cities and states.
1: Yeah, it's uh, we've entered kind of a new realm here um, where hotels for some reason have become the enemy of elected officials in certain places. And it's just, it's almost shocking when you think about all the good that our industry does in the local communities and providing dro- jobs and, and essentially just helping out in, in cities with, with volunteer hours and being that central point uh, where where people can gather and, and do all sorts of wonderful things. So it's, it's really shocking we become the enemy in some places, but like New York, um, they've created uh, a, a just terrible, terrible idea where they are making hotels that are that are shut down, those who have not been able to uh, open up again, making them pay back severance pay to employees that may not have worked at the hotel for going on two years now. So if you think about it, a hotel who can't make enough money to even stay open is now being forced to pay severance to people that aren't even working. So that's New York. Um, in, in California, up and down the coast where I am right now, you have a number of cities uh, creating these these square footage mandates, which do nothing but hurt workers, by the way, because it just limits their hours and their ability to make money. But it's it's union activity that is driven um, to create additional union membership with really no care for the to the underlying industry, certainly not to the hotel, and not even to the workers they claim to represent.
0: Remind me of the square footage.
1: Yeah, so in West Hollywood, which uh, has led this uh, effort recently, um, and by the way, they layered on top of that an 18, right an $18 minimum wage for hotels. Um, it's 3,500 square feet max in a day, which is probably about six or seven rooms, which, you know, for the average housekeeper, they're going to do that in about half a day. And so you either have to pay them double time for the rest of the day, or you just have to let them go home. Well, that's not helping the housekeeper. They want to work more than, than four hours. Um, so the, that, this rule doesn't even help the people that they claim it's intended to help. And it certainly hurts the hotels because you can't find housekeepers to begin with, and therefore you know, they clean for four day, four hours in a day and then you don't have anybody for the rest of the day. And so really, really just terrible, terrible policy.
0: And you know, part of why we're talking about this and concerned is in theory, whatever happens in New York and California then starts trickling elsewhere,
1: right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, the, the intent to, to move this to other places has already been announced. And so, um, yeah, this is not a just New York, LA situation. This is gonna be seen all across the country. And so a lot of challenges out there. Um, you know, there's been a new dynamic recently of, of placing so much emphasis on what's happening in the social with the, with the workplace. And, it, you know, this, this idea has been created that hotels are not already doing a good job when the fact of the matter is in almost every city, we're paying above union wages. We're providing even more benefits. And so it's, it's really sad to see some of this happen because it only ultimately hurts the workers.
0: Yeah. How, give me some other examples. But how did we become the bad guys?
1: I don't know. I, I think the problem, again, as it exists, Teague, we've been struggling with this for years, is that uh, the average politician looks at that name at the top of the hotel, and they they see it as some sort of global corporation, not understanding, as we tell them again and again and again, that 90% of these hotels are owned um, not by the company you see at the top of the hotel, but, but by somebody else, oftentimes individuals. Two-thirds of hotels in the U.S. are classified as small businesses by the SBA. And so, yeah, um, it's it's just a real challenge of this this anti-corporate uh, sin, uh, mentality that's going around that, that is, A, misplaced, and B, I think very damaging.
0: Because they fundamentally think that it's owned by Marriott, Hilton, IHG, Hyatt. They don't understand that it's owned by Mr. So-and-so or his
1: small company. Yeah, it's a combination of, A, not understanding, and B, in some cases, they do understand, but that doesn't help create the narrative they want to create, so they'll just ignore the facts. Wow.
0: All right. Keep talking to me about 2022. Uh, one, how do you see our hotel industry in 2022?
1: How's all this stuff going to impact us in 2022? And what should we be keeping our eye out for? So on the, on the thing we should be really concerned about, two areas. Uh, first and foremost, labor restrictions, as I talked about yep. labor activity. You're seeing that everywhere. Um, the city of Boston did elect a new, um, a, a new mayor, uh, an Asian-American woman. Congratulations to her. That is a monumental step forward, and we should all celebrate that. Um, one of the challenges, though, is that she is um, extremely progressive uh, and was uh, very much supported uh, by all the unions in, in Boston. And we're seeing that happen in a lot of large cities. So keeping an eye on that is is one thing. Keeping an eye on what's happening with uh, uh, short-term rentals is another thing because that issue is popping up all over the place again. Um, the flip side of that is I think, uh, Teague, as, as we talked about in New York, you're beginning to see group travel come back in a significant way and faster than we thought. Um, we're hoping that everybody goes back to their offices in January, so business travel will be back. And as we look ahead to 2022, will we get back to 2019 numbers? Probably not in 2022, but we're going to get a lot closer and things are, are, are certainly looking a lot better. The only caveat, of course, would be another wave of, of the virus. And, and if that doesn't happen, I think 2022 is going to be one of our better years. Well, that's good. What are, you, what are you guys seeing or predicting for Thanksgiving travel? not as good as 2019 but almost and certainly better than 2020 and so you know really the way we look at it two things are holding back thanksgiving travel one um the ongoing fear of the virus that that still exists uh, but to a much lesser extent than last year but i think more importantly is the cost of a gallon of gasoline we're at a seven-year high Uh, for the cost of a gallon of gasoline we know historically that indicates whether people are willing to travel or not and so it's just become more expensive like we talked about earlier with inflation and gasoline is the primary predictor of whether people are going to get in their car and go travel somewhere
0: yeah uh, good news i think delta said their numbers are they expect really
1: strong numbers people ask me about this all the time well if it's so expensive to get in your car why not in an airplane well these contracts for fuel for airplanes sometimes they, they negotiate those six months to a year out and so We hadn't hit that yet, but Delta's numbers are good. Southwest numbers are good. And so people are flying. Every plane I've been in recently has been packed. I'll be in one later today. I'm sure it'll be packed. Um, And that's good um, because airplanes are safe. Hotels are safe. Traveling is safe.
0: Yeah, we're traveling. I mean, our business has picked up a ton, but we're traveling again. All of our people are traveling. To your point, airplanes are are, uh, full, but we still need that airlift. And we still need business traveler to come back and group. We need all those come back. And I'm optimistic with you that it will. Everybody I'm talking to thinks it will
1: but we got to get there, right? Well, yeah, and what we really need is a 100% sold-out Hunter Conference uh, coming up this spring. (laughs) (laughs) That will be kind of the bellwether. I mean, I think if we're back there and it's completely full, which I believe it will be, we're well on our way. Yeah, I mean, we're planning on it. I think the
0: enthusiasm is there, but our attendees, our people love coming. Uh, All right, Chip, this is great. Give me, so tell me your final question. Tell me what I should look for in the next, uh, between now and year end. What fun fireworks am I supposed to pay attention to again?
1: Look, a lot coming out of Washington, D.C., as I indicated a moment ago, the decisions they make are are really gonna tell us whether they're able to pass the reconciliation bill. And then once that happens, you know, the real question is, does anything else happen between now and the midterms a year from now? So keep an eye on that. Last thing we want is the government to shut down. We certainly don't want to default on our debt. Um, But as we look at this, you know, specifically for our industries, we look at what happens over Thanksgiving and Christmas. If those numbers creep up to almost 2019 numbers, Given where we are with gas prices, I think we can look forward to a really booming 2022. Uh, We're looking forward to it. We're counting on it. I mean, you
0: know, we're leaning in heavily. I think everybody is. Uh, All right, Chip, you're a good man. Thanks for everything you do. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Appreciate it.